Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahati, ahlan wa sahlan. Welcome to your respected listener. I'm in your company this evening, Muhammad Sheikh, bringing to you burning issue, focusing on issues that are cooking in the local and international pots. We'd love to stir them and bring to you the latest simmer of what's happening in and around us. I'm standing in for Ridwan Ahmed, and 91.3 FM is what will be keeping you inspired for the next two hours. Now remember, respected listeners, Zero two one four four two three five three zero. Call us throughout the show and give us your input, your opinions, and let us know how you feel about the burning issues being discussed. Alternatively, SMS us on four seven nine one three or let it let it roll through WhatsApp zero seven two two three eight zero seven one two. More recently, South Africa has seen a great amount of Islamophobic attacks not just masjids, individuals posting speech, uh, you know, that is derogatory, that caused a stir in our community, obviously in a country that is governed by a democracy that brings about freedom of expression, peace, religion. Uh, You know, it is unbecoming that such incidents can take place in our society. But nonetheless, respected listeners, in the past weeks, uh, what has been touching our shores was the attack on the Simonstown Masjid, where a pig snout was actually laid onto the gate of a uh, of the masjid in Simonstown and that followed with incidents of uh, you know more recently at Kalk Bay where uh, blood and you know uh, the, the Qurans and so forth were actually uh, scattered across the masjid floor with some other in, uh, some other aspects of vandalism and also social media taking a storm very recently you know we've seen a, a social media post circulating that involved uh, you know a a a pig actually being uh, placed over a Muslimah or rather somebody who was making sajda and this also brought in outcry uh, you know to our Muslim community why is it that such things are coming to the fore after 20 odd years of a peaceful democracy that we were sustaining ourselves in that we are bringing to the fore of our South African community now, respected listeners, to get more hands-on, to get to get touch on a base with regards to these incidents, we are joined online by Imam Ahmed Siti, who is the Imam at Masjid Al Jamia in Kalk Bay. And uh, Imam, we welcome you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shukran so much for taking the time and being part of our show. Shukran, shukran, and we also have, you know, um, Haji Muhammad Shawal Nakadin, the chairperson of Langaban Masjid. Now, for our listeners out there, Langaban Masjid, you know, the, the incident where uh, the sounding of the adhan and so forth were actually, uh, you know, there was a call for things to be burned down, the masjid to be burned down by a particular indiv- individual who has since apologized. But in order to gain clarity into this and, you know, a significant history, his significant a significant uh, history into the masjids. Um, we are also joined online by Haji Muhammad Shawal Nakedin. Haji Muhammad, Salaamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullah. Wa Alaikum Salaam wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Shukran so much for taking the time out and uh, joining our discussion. Yeah, for asking me to So, inshallah, let us begin with Imam Ahmed. Now, perhaps, inshallah, with regards to Masjidul Jami'ah, could be could we perhaps give, be given some insight, some background into the history of the masjid? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, what's your name, Ridwan? This is Muhammad Sheikh standing in for Ridwan. Wa alaikum salam. Yes, um, history of the mosque, um, as we can go back in 1898, the mosque 
the ground was bought for 50 sterling pounds. And so the mosque by now is almost 117 years old. Wow, subhanAllah. Yes, and that was so amazing when I became the imam in 2005. I was first introduced by the clergy around the mosque, which is the Anglican Church and the Catholic Church and also the rabbi, uh, to welcome me into that community. That was so overwhelming to think that for hundreds of years those people they were living in harmony with one another. And the mosque also plays a, a perfect role in the times gone by where people which were slaves in that point in time, they used to come visit that mosque, which is known as, in the history of, was about uh, in the place which is known as the Gidam. Okay. Um, it goes far back, and if you come to visit the mosque, you will find there is a section that we left open for people to see that the mosque was built from clay and stone. It's got a rich history, and also a history whereby people were living in harmony for over 100 years. We, uh, anything of this nature that has transpired was indeed a very, which you can say, evil act. And no one could understand that a thing like that could happen uh, in Kobe and the surrounding area of Simonstown. Mm-hmm. But the support of, of, of the people were amazing. I, I could not believe how everyone stood behind us, really, uh, uh, to, to, to show the concern with regard to this evil act. And as time is going now, we just want this to subside and just to blow over. We didn't want it to give it so much publicity, but we realize also the sensitivity of this act and what it could cause. But alhamdulillah, as a Muslim, we know Islam speaks, spells out tolerance, peace, mm-hmm. and tranquility. And alhamdulillah, for now, I can thank the people that we do not want to to blow this out of control because that is not the life of a Muslim. And that's how far we are now. But we leave the investigation to the police that we have got no, which you can say, evidence as such who the perpetrators are. Sure. And so that is just a case that the police going to investigate. And from now, we just wait because we cannot say anything without evidence. Okay, sure. So, sir, that is how far we are now with this happening. Insha'Allah, let's go for a quick ad break. We'll resume shortly with our discussion. Stay tuned. The voice of the game. Welcome back, respected listeners. We are speaking on Islamophobia and the impact it has had in the Western Cape community, especially, uh, you know, uh, in Kalk Bay and areas along the West Coast, Langaman, etc. So for that, we are joined by Imam Ahmed Siti as well as Haji Muhammad Shawal. Haji Muhammad, I'd like to know perhaps, inshallah, the West Coast synonymous with lots of fish, you know, fishing, the fishing industry, uh, fruits, etc. But alhamdulillah, wonderful haven of Muslim communities, smaller Muslim communities in those areas. Um, tell us about the incident in Langaban. Well, the Langaban incident apparently happened uh, on the day after New Year when we received a WhatsApp message asking us if we are aware of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we tried to find the post on online, and we couldn't get it. Sure. And as in actual fact, somebody in Cape Town alerted us to it. Okay. And uh, then we discovered subsequently it has been uh, deleted or taken off. But uh, the person that notified us also then gave, gave us a screenshot um, calling, well, they called Muslims a lot of things, and asking why should they, after so many years, this Arabic call that has been done for thousands of years in the desert, 
why must they listen to this? They must stand up for their rights and burn down the masjid. Allah. Mm-hmm. Uh, obvi- obviously, uh, it's touched a, a nerve a lot of Muslims, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that we, as a committee, decided we're not going to handle this emotionally. Right. We're going to do it the proper way because you don't fight fire with fire. Sure, I agree with that. Ways. Mm-hmm. And we, up until then, we didn't say anything. We had a meeting, subsequently the MGC came down and they came to speak to us and we formed a um, working committee with the MGC mm-hmm. and subsequently with the meeting with the Human Rights Commission we then made a complaint uh, about this to the Human Rights Commission. Sure. Now let's look at the, the, the masjid, the location of the masjid, the situation and you know the community surrounding the masjid. Um, could you perhaps share some historical significance to it? Well, if you look at it, uh, the Muslims uh, go back more than 40 years in Yangaban. Uh, in the past, they used to use a hall and as well as a classroom for Madrasa and for Juma. And then about uh, 18, 19 years back, they use, they started with a Salahana. And then we have a masjid now for the past four to five years. We have a fully-fledged masjid with a full-time imam with Madrasa and everything. And we have a very good uh, relationship with our community. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, obviously we have a soup kitchen and stuff. Right. So we feed the people in the area. And um, so we don't know from where and how this happened that this uh, complaint came about uh, calling for Salah. Mm. Now, um, uh, Imam Ahmed, mm-hmm. what is the relationship between the, 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 you know, the Muslim community? Or rather, let's focus on, um, has incidents like this, whether it's subtle or very apparent and open, happened in Kalk Bay before? No, not to my knowledge and not to the history of Kalk Bay, oral history. No one can come to the fore that such a thing has ever happened in Kalk Bay. Mm-hmm. That makes the, the place so at this point in time. Very sad for for happening to take place like that. Sure. But as you say, said we, we cannot blame anyone. It could, it could we don't know who it is. Mm. And so yes, but the support is tremendous throughout all. But it is wonderful, really, for all the people to stand together and. Uh, that the Lord just takes his course with, with, with the perpetrator. Absolutely. But are there any other social challenges that might face? It seems like a very harmonious community and, you know, um, this is because, you know, it's the first time perhaps that this happened, uh, you know, it's, it's really created a widespread uh, outburst from the Muslim community. But are there any other social challenges or issues that are that are faced by the Muslim community in Kalk Bay? Not really, sir. Not really. Mm-hmm. It's... Only the, what is happening is with the, the fishing industry, as you know, Kobe is a fishing village. Right. right? And so we sit with a lot of social problems as such also, with, whereby all these red tape for people that can't fish here and they can't fish there, and so that makes also that a lot of these problems comes to the most for us also to help those people. But other than that, uh, there's only about 25, 24 to 25 families so, so everyone reaches out to one another. So there's always help. Right? So there's no which you can say uh, rich people in Cork Bay. Okay. But from the outskirts and people coming in, it's that it is just overwhelming. Tremendous how the people show the support in, in the regards what happened. It's also a lot of people didn't even knew mm-hmm. there is a mosque in Cork that they got Wow, right. And, yes, that, that is so amazing. Oh, just like, mm-hmm. this thing just put Kogbila onto the map to, to say there is a mosque there. 
I think the mosque was is the mosque stands now. There's only about three families staying around the mosque. Right. So most of the people they moved out in the parted years, they moved to Steenburg and retreat. And therefore the mosque is very quiet and for anyone maybe that wants to do something. It is it is very isolated and during the day uh, the mosque is open and you find a lot of people bypasses, they do come make salave. Mm-hmm. And so we sit with the problem now to lock the mosque. That is what uh, the decision they're going to take now because the mosque was open. There was no forced entry into the mosque. Sure. So uh, this is where we are now. So. Okay. Haji, Haji Muhammad, how about, uh, you know, Langaban? Uh, this this was the outspark on social media, but in terms of the actual immediate vicinity of the the community members in and around the masjid location, um, you know, as well as uh, just the community in general, are there other social challenges faced by the community? Well, look, like any, um, any society we is, uh, mm-hmm. challenges. Um, but if you look at our, we've got a very poor community around the masjid area. Okay. And um, the people don't really work uh, a lot for the fishing industry as such. Right. A lot of them work for the municipality, for uh, as building contractors work and stuff. You know, there's not a lot of fishermen in the area mm. where the masjid is. So, okay. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, respected listeners, 021-442-3530. You can call us throughout the show. SMS us on 47913. Alternatively, WhatsApp 0722380712 in burning issue tonight. We are discussing Islamophobia and its consequences on the the community, Muslim community of the Western Cape and larger Muslim community of South Africa. It's time to go and pay the bills. Resume shortly thereafter. Stay buckled. The Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to Burning Issue and we are speaking about Islamophobia in the Western Cape targeting smaller uh, Muslim minority communities along the West Coast and the coastal area of Simonstown, Kark Bay and so forth. I'm your host Mohammed Sheikh. We are joined online by Imam Ahmed Siti as well as Haji Muhammad Shawal Nakadin, the respective uh, executive uh, you know, members of the Masjid in Kark Bay as well as in Langaban. Now Imam, Imam Ahmed, uh, this is the first time that such an incident has occurred um what was the the you know uh, with the meeting through the mjc and so forth what was the 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 uh, outcome in terms of how are we going to deal about this specific situation yes i must say that the support was tremendous especially from the mgc uh, the very day when i found out when i got the call that this had happened uh Irafan, the president of the mgc contacted me and immediately we have an, an urgent meeting on to how we are going to deal with this happening uh, uh, that has transpired. Mm-hmm. And the message was quite strong also for us uh, to be calm and to be cool and just to be vigilant. Right. But we're not going to let this uh, blow out of proportion. Mm-hmm. I think so that was quite clear. And I must say the support was tremendous. And, and for now, a lot of people also came on board on that night with the meeting. Really, they want to, to alarm the, the mosque and want to put surveillance. And it is also something that we didn't want to have the mosque closed and, 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 and put burglar bars on mm. it. Because it was always open and as Seth said, Seth Rafan, you know, when he came to the mosque, he saw there's no burglar bars on the windows and it makes it so it's free. It feels like a free place. You don't have to burgle the place. 
And uh, this is what came from the, uh, the some uh, of the Murids, some from some other place. They do not want to make themselves known, want to stay anonymous, and they want to, to protect the house of Allah with the state of the art alarm system where you can dial in and open the doors. Because uh, we sit with, the, with, with a problem, we buy a lot of tourists, they bypass Kobe, they mm-hmm. want to come visit the mosque. No. And the mosque is unmanned. At times you've got a caretaker with a jaleel, but when he's on sea, then there's no one to really look after the mosque. So for now, alhamdulillah, we just say super to each and everyone, really. And there is some the support and the concern and to look after the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because that is, which you can say, our responsibility. Absolutely. Uh, moving over to you, Haji Muhammad. Um, this incident was actually a, a similar, but uh, in terms of the nature, somewhat different. It wasn't actually physical vandalism. However, more like, uh, you know, incidents about the the, the outcry or rather uh, picking out on the masjid of Langaban. Now, how, how, how did the community deal with the concerns uh, raised by such a resident of the area? And maybe perhaps those of other faiths? Well, you see, the big problem is that... Um the person that raised the complaint doesn't directly in the area. He stays slightly out of the area. Mm. So we don't have a problem with our immediate uh, community. Right. Um, we have a agreement with the community in the sense that if the fajr is early in the morning, we don't use the outside speakers. Mm-hmm. So there is no problem with the immediate. And... Um, so we were quite shocked, but oh. the people, the community itself, mm-hmm. are very upset because they, in actual fact, are standing with us, supporting us and asking us and telling us, in actual fact, right. they shouldn't be left like this. Okay. And the thing is, you know, if somebody can call to burn down a masjid, tomorrow he can call to burn down a church, a synagogue, mm. and all these things. And sure. we shouldn't just look at it in isolation, we should look at it holistically. Mm. That uh, at this time we can we should not be told how and when we should uh, practice our religion because we've got the freedom of religion according to the Constitution of South Africa. Right, and that is something that we uh, should hold dearly. Absolutely, I agree. Um, in terms of preventative measures, like, you know, given this threat, so to say, um, we've, we've understood that the particular individual that has voiced his opinion with regards to what should be done to the masjid has actually apologized at a later stage and has, you know, uh, uh, opposed or come, come across strongly against the incident in Simonstown. Now, um, you know, this could be one particular individual. We don't know for certain that, uh, you know, there could be others out there. Um, in terms of the jama'ah, and the community, um, is there any plans to perhaps maybe, you know, induce or to uh, encourage uh, surveillance, extra surveillance, as well as security measures? No, we haven't done anything like that. Okay. Um, no, we, we in actual fact have a, the imam's quarters, which is on the masjid, and also the caretaker, which is on the, on the masjid premises. Mm. Um, and um, we haven't really uh, considered... Uh, doing surveillance and all those things because um, this was one person that did it and I don't think that uh, we should go to all those measures 
of having to put surveillance and all mm. that stuff up. Absolutely, realistically, given that the community surrounding is also, uh, you know, not as as affluent as you indicated earlier. Now, um, I just like to t- to have your your take, given that you were, uh, you know, um, uh, in the in the discussions around the particular individual and his posts on social media. Um, you know, the post that circulated earlier today, when uh, you know a a particular Muslimer was making sujood, and there was a, a picture of a pig placed over her and this this particular picture was doing its rounds in different parts of South Africa now um, what advice would you suggest how do we go about this in terms of you know identifying the issue and you know taking it up further look the big thing is you can still see that there's a lot of undercurrent in our country mm-hmm. um, it's not as cozy as everybody thinks it is um, and um, like we decided that we go via the human rights mm. and once there's a judgment there is something written, and so nobody else can do it. Mm. The big thing is, when this guy wrote this about burning down the masjid, he opened the door, and everybody went through that door. So now we must close that door. Mm-hmm. And if we can get a judgment against him, or whatever the verdict is as far as the Human Rights Commission, it will put a damper on everybody else trying it. Right. Because everybody's just running on the bandwagon and thinking, thinking that nothing is happening mm. because we haven't responded to anything okay. that they've put onto the social media. Mm-hmm. We, in actual fact, decided that is not the way to deal with the issue. Okay. Um, uh, Sheikh Imam Ahmed, uh, yes. your take on the on the, the, the poster doing its rounds on social media? Yes. Um, Sheikh, as a Muslim, uh, we should not be provoked by anything of that, such a nature because... We study the life of the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu Evil things more than what is happening here was done to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu and did not even change his iman or took revenge. And so we as a Muslim, uh, things like this should not even harm us. I think we should just be focused on our belief, the tolerance, the religious tolerance, and be there for one another and, and, and should not lose our, 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 really our intelligence in in doing things which is going to not be, which you can say, the fitting for a Muslim. Mm-hmm. So to my urge to the people out there, whatever anyone wants to do, it should never harm our Iman as, as in a human being, as a Muslim, because we know what we've accepted, how the Prophet has said that the best of humankind are those with good manners. And mm-hmm. so here yeah, we've been tested now, really, are we going to lose it or are we going to be that Muslim as how the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam demonstrate to us in, in these times. Absolutely. Um, uh, Imam, Imam Ahmed as well as Haji Muhammad, we say a heartful shukran to you for giving us some insight into the significance of the uh, history of the masjid surrounding you all as well as the nature of the Muslim community. A uh, heartful shukran to you and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make everything prosperous and to prevent such uh, you know, incidents from happening in the future. So keep on inshallah and we look forward to having you all again. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Ameen, 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 Thumma, Ameen. Respected listeners, that was Imam Ahmed City of uh, who is the Imam of Ad Masjid Al Jami'ah in Kalk Bay, as well as Haji Muhammad Shawal Nakadin, who is the chairperson of the Langaban Masjid, both giving to us uh, insights into the the incidents that occurred in their respective areas that enticed 
a sensation of Islamophobia and bringing, creating an outburst of the Muslim community uh, throughout the Western Cape. I'd like to know your thoughts. Send us an SMS 47913. There is a WhatsApp coming from uh, 1954. I think the WhatsApp is to do with Islam. I heard of the post. It's from a young man in his mid-twenties. The Christians say that the Azan was used in the past because there was no electricity and stuff in the old days. Respected listener, um, I think the, 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 the the SMS here, it's 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 basically targeting a particular, uh, you know, a group and you know, um, and hinting at a specific group. Inshallah, so I would prefer not to read that on air. And furthermore, uh, SMS coming from three one seven five. Assalamu alaikum. After the Langaban incident, what happened today? Probably, I'm assuming referring to, uh, you know, the pig that was placed onto the the back or the body of a Muslimer. Um, what happened today was expected. Monkey see, monkey do. Strike four. Apologies seem to be the word of the day. Islam means peace and we do things differently. That's why many will try their hand in torting, yet we remain calm. Allahu Akbar. That coming from 3175. Let's keep those WhatsApps and SMSs rolling on uh, 0722380712. Two, as well as uh, 47913. Now, respected listeners, the leadership, the Imara of the Western Cape, the Muslim Judicial Council, has actually facilitated immediate and instant talks with the respective communities that have been victims to Islamophobia and have responded so efficiently in order to gain insight into that. We are joined on the line by the Deputy President of the Muslim Judicial Council, Mawlana Abdul Khaliq Ali. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Mawlana. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Shaykh. Jazakallah khairan for taking the time out and being with us. Jazakumullah, and you know, just before we go into our interview, mm-hmm. we would like to just share with all our listeners the very sad news that we received about the demise of our Honorable Sheikh uh, Abdul Hafiz Makki, who would have arrived uh, on Monday next week in Cape Town. He passed away but, uh, in, in Peter Marisburg uh, a few moments ago. Mm. We asked uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give him his sins and elevate his status a man of great statue in standing and of uh, ilm and knowledge. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant sabr to all of his uh, followers and students of inshallah. Ameen. So, uh, Mulana, we are speaking about Islamophobia in uh, the Western Cape as well as the sp- uh, specific incidents that has sparked outrage. But, inshallah, before we get straight into it, um, you know, in terms of the uh, propelling the legalities into such matters and making sure that such matters are not left uh, with just salam and peace, but are taken to ensure that incidents such as these are not. Uh, you know, brought up in the future. We are joined on the line by Attorney Zahir Umar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum Shukran so much for taking the time out and being with us. Thank you. Okay, so uh, coming back to Mulana Saab, uh, could you perhaps tell us the role and involvement of the Muslim Judicial Council in terms of addressing these issues of Islamophobia? Look, firstly, in reference to the term Islamophobia has no meaning whatsoever. Muslim Judicial Council these as the central I think we're getting I think we're getting a cross line um, inshallah we I think uh, inshallah we can speak to Mulana first and then we'll we'll get the legal implications thereafter shukran sorry for that hello hello yes 
Uh, uh, sorry for that, respected listeners. Um, I think we've had a cross line there. We are basically speaking, inshallah, to Mlana Abdul Khaliq Ali in regards to the role of the MJC. And thereafter, we will get the legal implications by Attorney Zahir Omar. Mulana, yes, are you with us? I will be very brief, uh, uh, Muhammad. No. Uh, the Muslim Judicial Council is the central religious authority, and I would love that our other guests would have listened to my contribution. Mm-hmm. But as this authority, we, when the news broke about this, we took the amana and responsibility as the Muslim Judicial Council, as we have done in many other instances previously, and we will continue to do so to work in the preservation of Islam, the Muslim community, and the greater good of the South African society. That's the reason why we followed the necessary protocols, and we immediately communicated and consulted with the communities we had public meetings with the communities. Mm-hmm. We, had, we have a mandate from the communities to ensure that these matters are given a priority and for the Muslim Judicial Council to undertake uh, the necessary course of action. The next step was that we undertook the journey to speak with the South African Human Rights Commission. And alhamdulillah, we are grateful that we have gained the full support of the Human Rights Commission. Mm-hmm. And... For uh, for the matter relating to Simonstown and Coldway, those matters, because it is of a criminal nature, uh, cases had also been lodged at uh, at the South African police officers so that the matter can further be investigated by SEPs. These necessary steps were taken with very clear undertakings that uh, there has been desecration of the masjid, there had been hate speech, incitement to violence, as well as violation to a religious freedom. Right. These particular matters, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, had been lodged at the, at the Human Rights Commission, and we were also advised to lodge uh, a case in the Equality Court. Now, the Muslim Judicial Council, from the very offset, Alhamdulillah, we have taken... Maulana, are you still with us? Maulana Abdul Khaliq. Okay, it seems that we've uh, we've got a dropped line. But inshallah, let us take the discussion with uh, uh, Attorney Zahir Umar. Uh, Attorney, um, sorry for the cross line earlier on. Um, perhaps inshallah, let us look at the legal implications of of these acts of vandalism and physical property, malice and hatred towards the Islamic community. From a legal standpoint, how do we protect ourselves as Muslims? Look, the discussion on Islamophobia or xenophobia mm-hmm. is inappropriate. Okay. Our law has no remedy for anyone indulging in xenophobia or Islamophobia. Sure. The law is as follows. Number one, the desecration of the mosques in Cork Bay and Simonstown satisfy the following crimes. Mm-hmm. Number one, it satisfies the definition of crime of terrorism as defined in the Protection of Democracy Against Terrorist and Related Activities Act. Mm-hmm. That act would render the offence to be a Schedule 6 offence, bail will only be granted if there are exceptional circumstances. Okay. Secondly, this act of desecration satisfies the crime of incitement under the Writers' Assembly Act. Okay. Thirdly, this desecration also satisfies the crime of blasphemy as well as 
the desecration of a religious place. Right. All four are, are crimes. In terms of Sharia, right. a person who desecrates a place of worship upon being found guilty will be imposed a punishment of 40 lashes mm-hmm. or a term of imprisonment as determined by the presiding judge. Okay. Now the position is as follows. Look, what must happen here, mm-hmm. we, the masjid, a mosque is owned by Allah himself. Absolutely. We are on the dunya, we are not, we have an obligation to ensure that the law in South Africa takes its course. Mm-hmm. The two case numbers under which the criminal charges have been lodged right. is the following. Simonstown, SAP's case number is 23-1-16. This was for the crime perpetrated on the Simonstown Masjid. Right. In Musenberg, it is CAS 133-1-2017. Mm-hmm. The investigating officers are... The investigating officers is Sergeant Reinefeld at Simonstown Police Station and Sergeant Lena at the Musenberg Police Station. But now what is very, very important is to mm-hmm. ensure that the affidavit in support of these charges be supplemented. And the charges that must be pursued is one... Terrorism, secondly, incitement, third, blasphemy, and four, it is desecrating a place of worship. Absolutely. Number five, our own investigations at Langaban hmm. reveals that no criminal charges have been laid against Mr. Ferreira. Okay. Who posted on the internet, on the computer, remarks which are insightful, blasphemous, and which prompted, in our view, these acts of desecration. Mm. Um, we have to ensure that a criminal charge is laid at the Langaban police station. Okay. Then, furthermore, a fund has to be set up, which we have already done, right. to pay a private investigating officer to assist the police to find these perpetrators. Okay. Uh, furthermore, uh, the Society for the Protection of Our Constitution has so far raised 10,000 rand, which will be used to pay any person who gives these police officers information regarding these acts of desecration, resulting in a conviction. The Cape Town community is well advised to take a pen and paper, write on the names of these investigating officers and the case numbers. I will appeal to the NGC to please pursue this matter. Um, as far as South African law is concerned, a, an accused person, upon being found guilty, mm-hmm. can ask for a clemency, he can ask in mitigation of sentence, he can make a forgiveness. Sure. But we cannot extend forgiveness to people who, who conceal their identity and who have not asked for forgiveness. Mm. As far as Ferreira is concerned, Ferreira, according to the investigating officer, has deleted all the information in his computer. That means that he's apology and his forgiveness was not sincere. Okay. Pereira is clearly linked to these people who desecrated the two masjids. We can't. We are Muslims. Mm-hmm. We, we are Muslims and we can't submit to the philosophy of forgiveness without the perpetrator seeking forgiveness. Absolutely. The Quran provides the recompense for injury is injury there unto equal in degree. Mm-hmm. But if you know what's best, you you forgive. Okay. Now, we must um, allow attorney, the law in South Africa to take its course. Can I, can I stop what you there for do? a second, please? Uh, we need to go and pay the bills, inshallah. We'll resume straight after the ad break with the same discussion. Stay tuned. The voice of the cave. Welcome back, respected listeners. Burning issue is what you've been tuned to for the last 43 minutes. I'm your host, Muhammad Sheikh, standing in for Ridwan Ahmed. And uh, uh, we are continuing our discussion. Attorney Zahir, are you still with us? 
I'm still here, yes. Okay, Khair. Um, so prior to the ad break, you know, we came across strongly in terms of uh, not leaving this and encouraging the MJC to pursue, uh, you know, uh, this matter in terms of the legal system and to continue working with the investigators as well as other the community members. Now, um, and this is this perhaps maybe to prevent such uh, incidents from happening in the future? Look, the Society for the Protection of Our Constitution has sent an email to the MJC, right. to the Jamia Transfer, and to the Majlis, mm-hmm. appealing to these three major organizations to work together under the banner of UXA. Okay. The plan is, if these three organizations are willing to cooperate as UXA, I will then bring an application to court to have the court declare that the acts of Mr. Ferreira, who, which was placed on the Facebook, satisfies the crime of terrorism, blasphemy, incitement, etc. Right. And in those proceedings outside the National Prosecuting Authority, that is, if the police refuse to charge the offenders under for these charges. Mm. Furthermore, Ferreira must make full disclosure of the information in his computer, which he has deleted. The two names of the police officers I mentioned on air and mm-hmm. the case numbers, every Muslim and non-Muslim in sure. Cape should phone these police officers and ask them regularly for an update report. Mm-hmm. These three organizations can come together as UXA, and then they could create a fund to pay a private investigator mm-hmm. in Cape Town to continue the investigation. As recently as last week, our Minister of Transport mm-hmm. announced her plans to elevate drunken driving, the drinking a car with excessive alcohol, to a Schedule 5 offense. So even our government now has realized that the, the, the policy of forgiveness, the policy of, of, of reassurance has not been a deterrent to the commission of the crime of drunken driving. So they're going to make this crime a stricter crime. Okay. So I'm respectfully saying mm-hmm. that no one in our country has got the mandate from Allah to forgive a person who conceals himself and who refuses to come forward and ask sincere forgiveness. Okay. There is nothing stopping us in Sharia to ensure that the law in our country, South Africa, mm-hmm. takes its course. And these people who have desecrated the masjid must come to the court. And if the presiding officer accepts their apology, mm-hmm. then and only then can they be forgiven. Absolutely. There is an email circulated by someone who called himself Yusuf Patel, right. who purports to be a, a representative of Uksa. In this letter, he's talking of forgiveness to a person who has not even asked for forgiveness. Okay. This so is wrong. We... This is not a statement from Uksa. It's a lie. It's a misrepresentation. Sure. In fact, the author of this letter is himself committing the crime of defeating the end of justice. Mm. Anyone who promotes a view to suppress the law in our country taking its course is himself guilty of the crime of defeating the end of justice. Okay, sure. Uh, now, attorney, I'd like to perhaps maybe touch base on some basics, some principles. Now, um, uh, given your, your, your fair share of expertise in the legal system, um, you know, maybe perhaps some advice for our communities out there. When such an incident occurs, whether it's to do with a masjid, whether it's to do with Muslims themselves, what is the first starting point? What is the first, you know, the beginning step in order to uh, raise awareness, to tackle this issue, and then what proceeds thereafter? What you must do when you're confronted with a case like this, mm-hmm. as recently as two weeks ago in, um, in Seaforth, right. a, a girl from Durban, a Niger girl from Durban, exposed attempts to segregate the people of the Cape Flats from a beach, mm. which was completely illegal. What any person confronted with a situation like this must do right. is try and get the name of the person, go to your nearest police station, lay a criminal charge, okay. but then talk to my officers. I have been 
assisting the South African community for the past 20 years. I continue to do so. If another lawyer will not assist you, I'll assist you. And me or one of my lawyers will tell you what are the charges to, to lay at the police station. Okay. Get the case number, get the name of the investigating officer. You will follow up each time to ask the I.O., the investigating officer, what is happening to my case. Ask the name of the prosecutor in charge of the town or the place where the crime is committed. If there is undue delay, you will report the prosecutor to Advocate Sean Abrams. He is the head of the National Director of Public Prosecutions. You can then refer the police or to me, and I'll refer the police to IPAD. Okay. But situations like this should never be left, and we cannot leave it alone, ever. Mm-hmm. We cannot allow that which happened with Charlie Hebdo in France to happen in our country. Mm-hmm. So far in our country, we've had no attacks by Al-Shabaab or any other radical group. We wish to keep it that way. And any acts of criminal acts, I'm not going to Islamophobia. There's only one thing. Either it's a crime, it's lawful or unlawful. Mm-hmm. And it's unlawful in South Africa. These acts should not be tolerated. The person who wants to seek forgiveness must do so in a court of law. But I will appeal to all reasonably minded Muslims and others in Cape Town to what you do. If you hear such talk, mm-hmm. ostracize the person, you will ostracize him or her. And if you can give him dawah, give him. Mm-hmm. If he will persist, rather ostracizing and let the law take its course. Sure. But never assume the role of an apart. Okay. You are not Rasulullah, you are not Allah. Let the law in the country take its course. Mm. This must never happen again. Indeed, we send a very strong message out. If we bring a civil case against Pereira, mm. you'll be obliged to spend up to 100,000 rands to, to oppose the litigation I'm contemplating in the, in the Cape High Court. And mm. that will serve as a deterrent to many hundreds of others who believe they could do this with a sense of impunity. We are sure. not mad people. We are Muslims. We, 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 we guard our religion. We guard our values. We don't interfere with others. Kulia, you believe in what you want to. I believe in what I want to. Mm-hmm. You'll be rewarded for your belief. I will be rewarded for mine. Don't interfere with me. We, 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 are, we are not weak people. Mm-hmm. The events in the world will reveal that. If you incite the Muslims for, for, for long enough, you get a reaction. The two cartoon cases dealt with in my, my office, I, I, I interdicted. And then the Jewel of Medina, a book to be distributed in South Africa that was maligning Hazrat Aisha. We interdicted in this country. Zapiro, Zapiro, that mother, if he does it again, he will risk 250,000 in legal costs. I got an interdict against him from the German High Court. He, I, I challenge him. I dare you to again print the cartoon of the Prophet. He stopped. He will not do it. He will not do it, not because of kindness and love and forgiveness. It's because I obtained an interdict against him. Sure. I appeal to my brothers and sisters in Cape Town. You will only deal with this munafik. You deal with this evil. What? Reacting, firstly, by taking, uh, having the law in our country be fully enforced. Mm-hmm. If that fails, I will then tell you what we do. Okay, sure. Maybe Absolutely. Um, earlier on, you, you, uh, you know, leaned onto the fact of uh, Ferreira's apology not being sincere due to the fact that he deleted everything on his, on his uh, computer and so forth. Now, from a legal standing, what, what constitutes as a, a formal, as a, a standing apology? You know, I mean, we're trusting the legal system to aid us in telling us that this apology is true and not just another post on social media saying sorry because he's pressured. Look, when you see it in the Tower and here in Gauteng, and especially in the Cape, mm-hmm. the whole of 2016, we have racist remarks posted on the social media, and suddenly thereafter we have apologies. That's not sincere. Okay. Let the law take its course. Mm. The charge must be put to the person. That person must formally plead guilty to the charge in court. And that person must then leave evidence in open court. He must make full disclosure. 
and then the court will accept his apology and will impose a lenient sentence upon him. Right. Under the Terrorism Act, there's a maximum sentence of 18 years imprisonment in, that can be imposed by the regional court. Mm-hmm. There are other offenses, there's a maximum period of 12 months that can be imposed. The person must appear before the presiding officer, mm-hmm. make full disclosure, reveal the names of all his friends, all the other people he's been communicating with, and reveal the identity of the people who have encouraged and who have agreed to give effect to, in this case, test facing Absolutely. Then we, I know his apology is sincere, but we are not weak people. We cannot be monkeys. Mm. We cannot say, we forgive you all. Uh, Islam is a religion of forgiveness. No, 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 no. No. No, there's a certain line you don't cross. No. Yes. Yes, we will forgive. We forgive those who seek for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We forgive those who sincerely repent. Not, not fools, idiots who will conceal themselves and do it again, and we must manifest a weakness to them. Not at all. I say again, we will exhaust the law in the land. If the law in the land does not assist, I have a plan what we will then do. Okay, absolutely. Now, um, perhaps maybe an update on the, uh, you know, the particular cases in Kalpe and, and Simonstown that, uh, you know, you have been uh, uh, very diligently, uh, you know, seeing into. Um, how, how, uh, how have things come thus far? Look, Abu Bakr is a lawyer in my office, my son. Right. He's undertaken to do an affidavit which he would present to the Langaban police station mm-hmm. to ensure that the criminal charges are proceeded with against Mr. Ferreira. Right. Inshallah, he'll do that within the next four days. Inshallah. We are waiting for a response from the MJC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if the MJC reassures us that they're going to do the task, that, which we would like them to do, mm-hmm. because we do not want to hear in Gauteng usurp a mandate which the MJC says they had. The MDC must get regular reports from investigating officers Sergeant Reinefeld uh-huh. regarding the Simonstown case mm-hmm. and Sergeant Lena regarding the Cork Bay case. Right. Then as far as Ferrer is concerned, if the MDC does it, it's fine. If not, then we will do it from here. Okay. And then if needs be, we will then we will then proceed with an application to the High Court if the DPP declines to prosecute on charge of terrorism. For the High Court to declare that these acts satisfy the crime of terrorism, blasphemy, um, uh, desecrating a mosque. Mm-hmm. The DA, by the way, did not lay a charge as they promised to do. The DA has an obligation because these acts of desecration violated the sanctity of heritage sites. Okay, Majid are both heritage sites. Sure. The DA lied to all people in Cape Town. They did nothing. If the DA are honest and upright, they will themselves go and lay a charge. They will themselves monitor the progress in the charge. Mm-hmm. They will ensure that cameras at the expense of the city of Cape Town are installed in all these heritage sites mm-hmm. to prevent a further act of desecration upon a place of worship. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, for the others that, you know, uh, contributed uh, to the vandalism in Simonstown and, and Kalk Bay, for that matter, I believe that, uh, you know, um, there is still that aspect of getting the investigating officer, setting the trust fund and so forth. But w- what are our expectations with regards to that? Supposing we do not find any concrete person or personality inside, uh, what security measures can we do as a, can we adopt as a Muslim community to, you know, uh, continue uh, fighting this battle? battle against uh, Islamophobia and so forth? I will suggest the first thing that has to happen, either by the city of Cape Town or the people of Cape Town. If the people of Cape Town do not do it, then of course we'll have to do it from Gauteng and Natal. We have to raise funds to install cameras in all masjids that, they, that, that are exposed to the risk of being vandalized or desecrated, number one. 
Number two, we have to send out a message to the people in Cape Town and specifically the DA. Mm-hmm. If you do not, if you do not respect us and our religion, we will not vote for you. Mm-hmm. Number three, we have to send a message to the people in Cape Town, especially the whites. We are not a weak people. Do not ever, ever imagine that our readiness to forgive is a sign of weakness. If we have to react, we will do so. Remember the days of the UDF. Remember the liberation cycle. We managed to wrestle liberation from a nuclear power, which the apartheid government was. Do not do it. Teach your children. Teach your other fellow whiteies. Do not please mess with us. We will not mess with you. Mm-hmm. We don't want veiled apartheid at beaches. We don't want you to detect our, our mosques. And most importantly, I don't want you to patronize me. Mm-hmm. Do not be interviewed and say what marvelous people Muslims are. Yes. Don't dare patronize us. We are not fools. We are not monkeys. No. Mm-hmm. no, no. You're living in our country and you continue living here at our mercy. We tolerate you whiteies. We've forgiven you. But learn to behave. Mm-hmm, absolutely. That message must be sent loudly and clearly because these people are regard South African Muslims as weaklings. We are not weaklings. Mm. Phone Zapiro, the cartoonist, ask him if you dare print again a cartoon of Rasulullah. Mm-hmm. Ask him. Definitely not. And uh, Attorney Zahir Umar, it's been an absolute pleasure taking, uh, listening from you, sharing your legal insights into the matters of Islamophobia, vandalism, racism, terrorism across the Western Cape and the larger South African community. Uh, we'd like to say shukran to you for one last thing, brother, One last thing. Mm-hmm. What you guys can do in Cape Town for me, promote and teach all Cape Townians right. that these acts are criminal acts. Right. These are criminal acts that will merit a very serious sentence. Okay. Leave the debate on discussion of Islamophobia. Right. We don't have that in our country. There's no crime. Mm. Uh, it's, it's all criminal. It's right. all criminal acts. Mm. Educate everyone in Cape Town that you desecrate a masjid or any place of worship, for yes. that matter, a church or a synagogue. It remains a crime. We don't do that. No Muslim will ever, will ever desecrate a synagogue, a church or any place of worship. We don't do that. Absolutely. If you do it to us, you'll get, you'll get, there will be a consequence. Okay. Never forget that. Perfect, perfect. Shukran so much, uh, Atani Zairum. It's a pleasure chatting to you. You go well and all the best in the investigations. Respected listeners, the disclaimer, the views expressed in this program are not the views of the Voice of the Cape. It's management or staff. Now, respected listeners, I think it's time for the Maghrib uh, Adhan and, uh, you know, the wonderful surahs playing thereafter. We'll continue with burning issues thereafter. Stay tuned with myself, Muhammad Sheikh. The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back, respected listeners. You are tuned into the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM studio. It is 18 minutes past the hour of 8 in the p.m. And uh, you are in the company of Muhammad Sheikh as well as uh, all of us here at VOC. Now, we've heard the news earlier on today of the passing away of one of the greatest scholars that we are known to familiar with to the shores of Africa as well as the uh, you know uh, rest of the globe and uh, the personality by al-marhum none other maulana abdul hafiz makki sahib rahmatullah alayhi who was a senior khalifa a senior uh, you know spiritual representative of hazrat maulana sheikh zakaria sahib rahmatullah alayhi but in order to understand the significance of this and insight into this wonderful personality that has just left us. We are joined on the line by Maulana Abdul Khaliq Ali. Maulana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Indeed, indeed, sad, indeed. You know, uh, uh, subhanallah, I can't, I can't even get out the words of the passing away of such a great alim. Uh, uh, Maulana, would you like to share some with us? Yeah, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. You know, the beautiful deen of Islam 
teaches us many verses of the glorious Quran about the returning to Almighty Allah to be inevitable. And one of those particular such verses is that when we hear sad news or anything disturbing to read, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. I'm coming to you from the Masjid here, Masjid Mujahid. Naam. Where, and where we just returned from the airport now because we were hoping to travel to Peter Marisburg, a few of our brothers. Naam. And we made it to the Masjid here, Masjid Mujahideen uh, in Menenberg. Right. This would have been the last venue for our sheikh uh, in Cape Town during his visit next week. Subhanallah. He to spend five days with us in Cape Town. And we finalized the program. And one of the unique features of Sheikh Abdul Hafid Nasir. Who is there to that is Sheikh wanted to have been with the masses. He wanted to have been with the people. He wanted to spend time in troubled areas. Naam. And that's the reason why among the many Mashaikh that visit our shores, Sheikh Abdul Hafiz Maki is one such person that the community and visitors, Mawlana Abdul Rahman, after the start in Maghrib, he informed the brothers, those who had made sadaqah, people individually give 10 rand, 20 rand, 50 rand sadaqah, so that Sheikh could be made comfortable here. Allah made the toilet, fix up the toilet, this and that and so forth. One of the unique features of Sheikh Abdul Hafiz Makki was, even during this trip was, to have slept in the masjid. Subhanallah. But in this masjid, you would have slept in, you would have slept in, in, in uh, the first program next week would have been in, in Seoul River was Mulan Abdul Fattah Ka. And just today I was talking with Voice of the Cape to finalize a live radio broadcast for that particular program there. Gee. And we really put the final touches. But wallah, once again we are taught the lesson mm. that death is not only inevitable no. it is totally in the qadar and qadar of Allah Subhanallah. and it is only the will of Allah wherever it's going to come it will come no. absolutely Sheikh travels this morning Sheikh arrived on, on Saturday morning in Johannesburg Gee. had two programs there travelled to Peter Marisburg this afternoon on arrival Sheikh did not feel well at about five, at, at about four o'clock past four, one of the brothers communicated with me to tell me that uh, we must make dua, but the message was very unclear, or just I was just in denial Gee. to say that uh, we must make dua for Sheikh Abdul Hafiz Makki. And then at about six o'clock, the message came through finally. The honourable Sheikh, that as there was many many shots of the case, has met and has touched the lives of so many of the thousands of people here in the Cape, ulama who are affiliated and associated with our Sheikh. Especially the means of a spiritual or through the means of a dart of or through the means of just being sitting at the feet of an alim. No. Sheikh touched the lives of many, many people. Allah Today Allah. we are saddened by this demise. And why we are also saddened about this demise, one of the great scholars who heads up the Wifaqul Madaris in Pakistan also passed away yesterday, Mulana Salim Mullah Khan in, in Pakistan, and I think Mulana was 90. Sheikh Abdul Hafiz Makki could have been in his 70s. And Allah knows best. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, blessed him to be in the path of Allah, no. away from Makkah al-Mukarramah, away from the Baytullah, coming here with the purposes of spreading the message of Islam, spreading, spreading the message of the Quran, no. wanting people to be connected to Allah, 
wanting people to create a necessity in our lives no. to bring self-purification, to bring about a change in our lives. That was the, one of the key messages of Sheikh. But there was something even greater, deeper underlying to that. Yeah. There was this particular dimension of the all-embracing Sheikh Abdul Hafid Makki. Sheikh Abdul Hafid Makki used to be such a person that anybody was made welcome in his, in his company. Our young here in Menenberg, in Tafur, and in, uh, in Tafur, players were able to sit at his company. You would smile with them. You would be able to engage them. You would kiss their hands. This type of personality, Sheikh Abdul Hafid Makki, he was not a distant person from the ordinary lay person. But mm. equally, when he needs to rise to the occasion of vision uh, and knowledge, and he was able to give the birth of hadith, or she was able to speak about uh, the peace in history, or he was able to give some nasiha, and she was able to do that. I mean, the was really to bring people together from all the different fields be they in be they in the field of the Dawat and Tabligh, be they in the field of the Sawuf and Taskiya, be they in any other field of the Deen of Allah. The unique feature of Shaykh Abdul Hafiz was that he was able to bring some the people together. And lastly, I would like to say, Shaykh Abdul Hafiz Maki passed away as the head and the president of the international khatmah of loved working to preserve the honor, the greatest status of the Lord Muhammad sallallahu which has not been bestowed on any other Nabi that of Khatam as being seal of the Prophet. Our honorable Sheikh stood for that particular, for that particular uh, fundamental teaching of the seal of prophethood. Uh, and, and he traveled here. Thirdly, may Allah forgive me and all of us. We have not fulfilled his half. We probably have not understood the status of Sheikh. No. But if I spoke with someone in Pakistan the other day, and I told him his experience, once again, the Ahmadis are wanting to come and do some uh, pro- promoting themselves here. He said, just speak with our Sheikh, and Sheikh will be able to put a program together for you. We'll come down for a conference. Because he would love to do this no. in honor of our beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I would like to, on behalf of Mulana Abdul Rahman Ibn Ashraf, Mulana Shaheed, Abdul Shatar Atabara, our Mulana Dawood Simpson, and all Mashaikh and Ulama who have gathered here, Mulana um, Iqbal, and others, Mulana Ihsan Hendricks' phone, Sheikh Irfan Abrams' phone, our Honorable President of the Muslim Judicial Council. On behalf of all of us, we would like to say, the voice of the king for this wonderful opportunity Ameen. for sharing this moment. So as the Salatul Janaza of our Sheikh will take place in Peter Meresburg tonight, nine, Korpus nine, inshallah. inshallah. They've been called by our leadership to make Salatul Janaza high. We have not uh, concluded that. Naam. But once we make it, inshallah, then we will pray the voice of the king and together with one of the Masajid, inshallah, inshallah. so that we can get of making this of Salatul Janaz al on the roof with Sheikh Abdul Hafid Makki. Inshallah. It's a wonderful opportunity for affording us to say this. 
uh, wonderful moments. Naam. He's on top of the moment that you've communicated with me. Jazakallah, we really, truly appreciate this wonderful opportunity. I mean, Jazakallah so much to you, Maulana Abdul Khaliq Ali, for giving us insight into the life of a wonderful personality who stayed with the simple, left with the simple, left in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Jazakallah khair to the MJC for taking up the initiative of trying to be present at the janazah or alternatively performing Salatul Ghaib in, in Cape Town. Maulana Sahib, Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Respected listeners, that is insight into the life of Maulana Abdul Hafiz Makki Sahib Rahmatullahi Alayhi. We'll continue with burning issues straight after this ad break. Stand, stay tuned. The voice of the cave. 91.3 FM Stereo is what you've been listening to. I'm your host, Muhammad Sheikh. We are speaking about the recent events that have unfolded in the Western Cape, sparked outrage amongst our Muslim communities that's involving a desecration of our masjids in certain areas, speaking up openly against harming or uh, causing destruction to properties of Muslims, as well as, as we've been alluded to earlier, particularly in heritage sites, Simonstown, Kalk Bay, Langaban, etc., and the strange of issues continue respected listeners um, we are continuing our discussion with this um, this particular matters or these particular issues that are uh, you know uh, finding themselves in the boundaries of Cape Town if you'd like to SMS us 47913 let them keep rolling alternatively whatsapp 072238 now in this uh, final 30 minutes of the show burning issue we have two guests online firstly we have Dr. Faye Faisal Suleiman, who is the chairperson at Samnet. Uh, Dr. Faisal, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. It's an absolute pleasure. And furthermore, we have Chris Nissen, who is uh, a representative of the South African Human Rights Commission Communications Coordinator, or rather South African Human Rights Commission, uh, a representative thereof. Um, Chris, welcome to the show. Good evening. Assalamu alaikum. And indeed, it's for me a great pleasure. I haven't been on Voice of the Cape for a long, long time since I left government and as the leader of the ANC, but for the record, I'm the commissioner of the West Union Rights in the Western Cape. Oh, the Commissioner of Human Rights in the Western Cape, and yes. I think we definitely have the the great expertise of yourself online. But uh, we'll we'll get to you in um, in about a moment. No problem. No problem. Greetings uh, to all the listeners. Thank you so much, um, uh, Doctor Faisal. The in light of the recent events, um, what has been what has Samnet's response been? And you know, uh, in terms of alerting the Muslim community in South Africa, and in terms of moving forward. Look. Um you know, it's not totally unexpected. Um, as regular listeners to the show um, will know, you know, we have been for some time now talking about the fact that we are seeing a growing Islamophobia in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the things we do as, a, as an advocacy group is to monitor the media, to, to, to look at anecdotal reports of the discrimination against Muslims, um, you know, attacks on Muslims, etc., etc., uh, let us not forget, uh, I can't quite remember how many years ago, but certainly four or five years ago during Ramadan, mm-hmm. uh, a young man in, in, a, in a franchise food store was fasting and went and, and was attacked and beaten and ki- eventually killed right. by uh, two white males, um, simply because he looked like uh, uh, Osama bin Laden because he had a, a you know, a religious garb or a kurka and, and a hat and a beard. Mm. Um, um, now, you know, uh, we see what is happening in the United States, you know, long before Mr. Trump, we've seen what's the right shift in, in, in Europe. Uh, 
Absolutely. Um, and, 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 and the main thing, you know, that we've spoken about is if you look at, the, you know, how Muslims are portrayed in the media, then really one shouldn't be surprised to find that there is a growing prejudice, uh, you know, uh, bias and, and outright uh, phobia about Muslims because it seems the only time, and including our state broadcaster, mm-hmm. uh, that Muslims make the news is generally in a negative context. Mm-hmm. So a young person watching the news, reading newspapers, um, listening to even our, uh, you know, the radio stations, invariably the only time you hear about Muslims or see Muslims is in a violent context or the stories that 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 attract that sort of attention. Right. Um, there, there are no good news stories. Uh, not that they're not happening. Right. They're not being covered. Mm. And, and therefore, the perception you have is one that you gather from so much media. And, and, and therefore, why should we be surprised that people uh, feel antagonistic and, and, and fearful even of Muslims? Sure. Uh, now, Chris, look, these issues that have surfaced recently in the past month or so, um, not forgetting that today that, uh, you know, something else had also surfaced, surfaced attacking uh, the, or degrading the Muslim community where a, yes. a pig was actually placed onto the shoulder of a prostrating yes. woman. Now, um, are these incidents, you know, captured very regularly at the South African Human Rights Commission? But before I answer that, uh, can I just say, uh, is, is that Dr. Faisal Musa that I studied with at UCT? If he is, maybe not, but, um, but then he said, then I would say, uh, warm welcome to him and, and good, uh, tidings to him. Thank the you. The first so thing is that as the, as the Human Rights Commission, mm-hmm. obviously we, we, we condemn, uh, we, 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 words cannot express our condemnation of, of sacrilege of any place of worship. Right. And particularly, I'm heartened by the fact that the Muslim Judicial Council is, in fact, in line with this. Right. And they say it doesn't matter whether it's a mosque or a temple or a church or whatever place of worship, mm-hmm. nobody, but nobody has got the right in to, to defile that place of worship because that's sacred and we cannot allow people to do that. So that's the first thing we say. Sure. The second thing, what we are saying, is that we are very heartened by the fact that the partnership that the Human Rights Commission and the Muslim Judicial Council are working together to ensure that, together with the South African Police Services, that we really do catch those people. You know, nobody must think that they can do that and go and think that they can do it again or encourage other people to do it again. We must do a stop to it, and that's why we are meeting with the subs to make sure that we catch the perpetrators of such a deed. Mm-hmm. And then, can I just go back to what the Faisal said? I think it's so true. Right. You know, we live in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. You know, in Cape Town, you know, we all got Muslim families, we all got Christian families. I think we're the example to the world of tolerance of how two sister faiths can live side by side. And to come and then to do what they've done and then continue in the media this whole bad image of our sister faith, Islam, I think we must do whatever we can to make sure that to show the world that this is not on. We cannot take it. But as the Human Rights Commission, we've seen an emergence of it. And in fact, what I've spoke to one of my fellow commissioners, uh, Commissioner uh, uh, Shafi, I then said to him, you know, we must escalate this whole thing to the hawks. Okay. and make it a priority crime 
Mm. But whoever does this must know that they cannot get away with it. Absolutely. Um, on on that point, you know, um, you've mentioned lazing with the hawks and, you know, uh, taking it up, making it top priority and so forth. Um, what is the specific role of the South African Human Rights Commission in terms of protecting the rights of South African citizens? Well, the, 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 you know, the, the, the uh, vision and mm-hmm. the mission of the Human Rights Commission is to protect, to promote, to teach, to, to treat people, everybody fairly. And our, our task is basically to promote a culture of tolerance with regard to whether it is whatever belief we have, if we find ourselves, whatever color, whatever religion, that we need to be tolerant of each other and build a social cohesion in this country that ensures the future of South Africa. And therefore, we are there to promote. But if there's any violation, and in this case, a violation of religious rights. The Human Rights Commission is bound, and we have done it, continue to do that, to investigate and hand it over to the other agencies, such as the South African Police or the Orgs, mm-hmm. to say, you do your work. Right. Go and catch those perpetrators. However, human rights is also there in order to build social cohesion. We then work that with the MJC to say, and I'm so heartened by what they said, if a brother asks forgiveness, we're bound to give forgiveness back. But mm-hmm. so we will also act to resolve disputes, to mediate and bring together a, a, an environment where people can say, I'm sorry I did this. But I don't want people to say, I'm sorry on Facebook. They mm-hmm. must come and we'll bring them together with the different parts to say publicly and then pledge themselves to continue to work for a, a tolerant society, a respect for everybody's views, mm-hmm. and particularly respect for religion, because religion and our sister faiths, religion is that powerful moral reinforcer of our society. Absolutely. And if you violate that, you're actually violating the moral reinforcer of of society. Mm, totally agreed. Now, uh, Dr. Faisal Suleiman, you know, there was talk earlier on with regards to the Langaban issue of uh, the individual Ferreira that uh, came out and spoke about, uh, you know, burning the masjid and so forth. Now, um, you know, media use, media effectivity, do you think an apology on media or via media source sources is just as effective in saying, you know what, I'm sorry I did this and it's all good? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm in German, so I didn't hear the previous discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what was quite said, uh, but in, in or, or the context of it. But, sure. You know, um, first of all, let me applaud the Commissioner Chris for 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 as for wanting to or in, you know for the intention to to escalate this because I don't think we must underestimate the necessity to make hate crimes, mm. uh, especially mm-hmm. ones like these, uh, a priority because this goes beyond Absolutely. normal vandalization. This goes beyond normal burglaries or robberies, and as much as mm. those are obviously important and, and we have murders in our country, etc., etc., every day. Sure. You know, these are not mm. the first. It happened regularly. I mean, perhaps mm. the listeners don't know, even here in, 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 in near Pretoria, there was an issue between, you know, about granting, uh, you know, a piece of land and the application to have it rezoned for a mosque, etc. Oh, yes, 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 definitely. Um, mm. And mm. one of the first things that was done was, was, was the perception that people had and which they did was, was, was you know, put some things blood all over the place and pick the head with it and they once you do that it, it, the, the ground is defiled and they can't build a mosque on it. Right. Um, you know, and, and so so the, the, this underlying uh, you know, under the veneer of, of, of the mm. new Rainbow South Africa there is this. Just like we know there's, there's other forms of racism and we see them in many of the tweets. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I ask is, you know, people just need to go to your newspapers and some of the articles mm-hmm. and look, especially online, and look then at the comments below those articles that people vent, and you will just be astounded. And, you know, I would urge your commission assistant to look at some of the Muslim stories on, on online and then look at the comments in the mainstream media from people. You will be astounded at the level of hatred towards Muslims. Now, coming back, um, you know, I think as, as has been said, our Islamic duty, and we are taught that, that someone asks us forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is not just lip service, it goes with action. Surely. Uh, secondly, I think um, Muslims as a community must use the full extent of the law, and I, I emphasize this within the bounds of the law, mm-hmm. the challenge, yes. which means criminal action, if necessary, civil action, um, you know, with, with the provision that the, the first option, as, as we know, in many of the punishments prescribed, even in, uh, you know, in Islamic Sharia, mm-hmm. is always forgiveness and reparation uh, is, is better than, than, than punishment. But uh, I think to send out a clear message that the community won't lie down is to use that within the law. It also obviates then the need to go outside of the law for, mm-hmm. for revenge, for vigilantism, all of that. And I know sometimes, you know, I'm emphasizing it because we know people get emotional and they upset, especially with religion. Yes. And, and, and the tendency to then want to take the law into your mm. hands. That must mm. never happen. You mm. mustn't allow that. That's what Islam teaches. That is not the way to approach things. But at the same extent, the full extent of the law must, and yes. every other means that, that, is, that is, you know, uh, that is compliant with our country must be used. Uh, in its full extent to, to put an end to this or, or, to, or to make those responsible if they are unre- unrepentful pay for it. Sure. Um, Chris, your take on effectivity and measure of the law? Look, I, I think uh, we've seen other communities. You know, uh, you know, there are some communities where even um, many of our reporters are even afraid to criticize a country that, that occupies another country because they have been so... There's a concept called lawfare. Mm. Warfare by the law. And you use your, mm. your, your expertise in the law to wage warfare, whether it's on the media, whether it's on a- activists, whether it's on critics of a particular country. And I'm sure most people know which country I refer to and which community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they've used it so effectively to, to silence opposition, to silence criticism, etc., etc. Uh, so I think uh, done the right way, um, and, and sometimes fairly very insidiously, mm. that it can be very effective. Uh, both from from the state part and from civil action part, and and I think uh, as long as it's within the bounds of the law and for the right reasons, um, it it should be used. Now, the other the other you know very important part here mm. is Muslims needing to lobby your mainstream media in particular to ask why are you not covering this? Sure, I mean, you know all of these. I have yet to hear the state broadcaster, and we 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 listen a lot to SABC and watch you know, news and, and radio, etc. Mm-hmm. yet to cover this in the context of a serious hate crime against, and, and there's been a series of them against the Muslim community. And you ask yourself, when the Muslims are making the news in every other uh, other way, uh, on, on, even on the state broadcaster, why is something like this being not covered? And this is the part that every Muslim mm. now, everybody in his home, with a mobile phone, with access to the Internet, sure. should be, you know, lobbying to no end or questioning the state broadcaster's coverage or lack of coverage uh, as licensed TV payers, as taxpayers, uh, etc., and as citizens, mm-hmm. we should be demanding of our state broadcaster uh, mm. equal coverage and, and, and balanced coverage. Sure. Um, inshallah, I think uh, it's time to go and pay the bills. We'll resume shortly thereafter. Okay. Stay with us. The Voice of the Cape. The voice of the Cape.
Burning issue is what you've been tuned into with myself, Muhammad Sheikh, on 91.3 FM Stereo. Crimes, crimes, hate crimes, dis- desecration to uh, masjid and mosque property. Uh, places of religious holding, religious well-being for many, many people that hold religion as a moral compass in their lives. We are joined by Dr. Faisal Suleiman, the chairperson of Samnet, as well as Chris Nissen, the commissioner for South African Human Rights Commission. Now, um, Chris, something that came to mind, you know, which uh, Dr. Faisal uh, spoke about prior to the outbreak with regards to mobilizing support for um, our communities to engage the national broadcaster and other mainstream media in order to uh, you know uh, get this get the message out there that this is not on um, the role of the South African Human Rights Commission with the South African broadcast and other mainstream media um, you know what is what is the link well first of all let me just say I agree with my brother doctor mm-hmm. first of all hate crime hate speech threatening a mosque threatening violence against any institution of any building with a sacred building of whatever religion mm-hmm. is not on and must be treated in a way, and particularly in the last few weeks that you've seen how social media has been used to discriminate, particularly now in this instance, against our sister religion, Islam. And therefore we say this must receive the highest priority. The doctor is correct. You know, you can talk about break-ins and break-ins and all. Crime mm-hmm. is crime. We can't say one is better than the other or worse than the other. But mm-hmm. what we are saying is that this hate speech, hate crime, must really come to an end in this country. And so I agree with the doctor, and then we also agree with him that we call for let the legal process take its course, let the police go catch those criminals mm-hmm. and bring them to book, and let us escalate it as a priority crime. At the same time, we say at the Human Rights Commission, we're also there to make sure that you create a more tolerant society, a society where people can live with one another, can live in diversity and accept each other's views without necessarily agreeing with each other. But when it comes to religion, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, there's nobody has the right to insult any religion. And I can tell you now, not uh, I'm, I'm, uh, Islam, our sister religion, cannot be insulted the way they've insulted over the past few weeks. So that's why we say, let the law take its course. It does the Human Rights Commission uh, bring together a process of healing, a process of where we can sit together and be more tolerant. And I agree. Mm. You know, forgiveness is not cheap. Yes. Let's just accept this. Anybody can stand up and say, I, I, I slap you in the face, I say this here, oh, forgive me. No, sorry. You know, mm. you can say, forgiveness comes with remorse. Right. And Definitely. forgiveness comes with saying, I'm sorry what I've done. And that's mm. why as Human Rights Commission, we are working towards that to say, if you're really sorry, just be stand up, sir, stand up, man, and say you're sorry. Just don't say, Oh, by Facebook, I'm sorry. Okay. But come and do it and then put yourself in the position to say, listen, I'm sorry what I've done. What can I do to correct the situation? Mm. And I agree with him. You know that the broadcasting and other institutions, society must continue to build the social cohesion, whether it's religious, cultural, or language, that we continue to build South Africa of which they can protect each other. That's why I'm so happy mm-hmm. about the Western Cape community in particular. The Christians, Jews, and Muslims came together and said, not in our name. Mm-hmm. And therefore, and you know, I was reminded by one of the chefs, one of the Molinas from NJC. Many years ago, Christians stood around the mosque in, 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 in Stellenbosch when there was a threat on that mosque, you see? So I, I love Cape Town because in Cape Town, 
Christians and Muslims and, and Jews can work together in such a way, particularly in our community where we come from. Christians mm-hmm. and Muslims work together, and that's why we must go out there and defend in the name of the in, 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 in name of the, the, the right yes. for religious freedom and the right to exist, the right to be here, not to be insulted. Absolutely, uh, Dr. Faisal. Given that you've you know you regularly um, feature and uh, uh, bring about issues affecting communities at large in South Africa, whether it's uh, incidents related to uh, hate crimes, etc., uh, something I find surprising, to our knowledge, in, at this point in time, uh, there is no political party that has actually uh, placed on record, or rather, uh, you know, laid a charge against such hate crimes, whether it's in the Western Cape or across. I mean, do you find that surprising? I think uh, it is more a sad indictment of than the political influence of the Muslim community that, uh, uh, you know, other than civil society organizations, the human rights, mm-hmm. chapter 9 institutions, etc., mm-hmm. that, uh, that, that uh, you know, um, considering uh, the large number of, of Muslims who have um, voted for the DA, Right. Uh, who've kept the DA in power in 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 in, the, in Cape Town, uh, mayoral and maybe even in in in, in the in the provincial government mm-hmm. that they didn't see fit to come out strongly. Um, we've seen the DA in many other issues uh, come out very strongly or very quickly even. Okay. Uh, perhaps Mr. Maimani is visit to Israel is an indication of how important they think <laughs> for the Muslim community's feelings. Mm. Uh, but. Uh, yes, I, I, it's surprising, right. uh, and 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 then maybe uh, an indictment on 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 how influential Muslim organizations and Muslim community is, and maybe it should be a wake up call uh, for us as a community that uh, we we have you know we're not considered important enough as either a voting block mm. or as a community or as an economic block to warrant a political party coming out and saying hold on. This happened, this is not on, because as we know, political parties will lose no opportunity sure. to do some public relations. Absolutely. And uh, Chris, your take on that? I mean, you, uh, you know, followed... Uh, you, I, I, you look, and today I saw the Declared Foundation coming out against it, but I must say also that the mayor of Cape Town has really spoken out against this thing. And so did the Secretary of the ANC in the province. Okay. Also spoke out against this thing. Mm. So I, I, they're on record for speaking out against this thing. And I think at this time... We really need to mobilize all forces against hate crime, hate speech, and particularly religious intolerance. Because my concern is, you know, they live, these people, these people, unknown, faceless people that are sitting out there, which I think they, I don't know, I can describe in one other way, sitting out there, but they don't know the damage they're doing to South Africa. Okay. Because they say this because social media is not in Cape Town. Right. Social media is not in Joburg. It's all over the world. Correct. And people say, wow, look what's happening in South Africa. And so these people are not only insulting Islam, but they're also insulting the history of struggle in this country for what we fought for, for freedom of religion. Mm. And so they're doing the country a disfavor. They're in particular doing Islam by, by insulting what they've done. It's unacceptable. And we need to do whatever we can do in the law and let the law this process at the same time as the Human Rights Commission, we must go out there and bring together society and promote and educate people. I think the doctor is correct, you know, because in the absence of knowledge about certain things, people fall for anything that comes their way. And we as the Human Rights Commission need to more and more teach people about their rights. 
the right to, of religion and the right to participate in any form of association that benefits our people. And so, yes, we, we must be there to say, how do we promote this right and go out? And how do we bring people together? And how do we make sure that people do understand you have absolutely no right to insult anybody's religion? Absolutely. Respected listeners, uh, it's just slipped my mind. Unfortunately, we are not taking calls. We have an important engaging discussion uh, with our panel that is online with us. So therefore, we are accepting SMSs and WhatsApps. Remember, 47913. Kindly keep our SMSs and our WhatsApp messages dedicated to the show and to the contents of the show. Now, um, uh, Dr. Faisal Suleiman, if I had to break down, you know, moving forward in terms of our Muslim community, perhaps maybe from our Members, perhaps maybe from our leadership, etc., as well as to the extended, you know, community, those that involve the global South, uh, the rather the extended South Africa. Um, what can we do, uh, or perhaps not do, in order to prevent such issues from happening in the future? Okay, um, look, the, the one thing we've done here. Look, there's a lot. I don't see how many other tabs we have, but uh, the one thing that we we, we started, uh, and inshallah, it will, it will, it will grow and, 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 you know, the, the Cape Town loss will include on it. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, the, and it's been very successfully done overseas, uh, is the concept of an open the mosque. Now, we've, we've been campaigning now for a national uh, open day at the mosque okay. to be on Heritage Day. I mean, it's a public mm-hmm. holiday. The, the theme of the day is culture and heritage. Mm-hmm. We've said to, you know, mm-hmm. to mosques between Zohar and Asr, between 1.30 or 2 p.m. and 4 or 5 p.m. Right. Uh, on that day, mm-hmm. open your mosque. You know, uh, get mm. a message in there, mm. get a community in there, mm. uh, invite mm. your, 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 your Christian, Hindu, Jewish, uh, whatever, agnostics, atheists, to come to the mosque, have a chat in a, in a friendly mm. environment, and ask the difficult questions. Talk about, you know, suicide bombers and homophobia, all of the things that people think yeah. Muslims are, are backward about, or that we are closed about, or whatever. You know, do we force a woman to wear hijab and niqab, and do we stop women from going to university? All of those things. Talk about that and dispel some of the myths. The other one that I have found very effective mm. is to make jokes, uh, to, to, to break the ice by, by people, you know, that I meet wherever, on holiday, wherever, um, uh, you know, and, and about this, the moment they see you, you Muslim, you overtake a Muslim, you have a hat, you have a beard, your wife has a scarf or whatever, so they look at you, they know you're mm. Muslim, maybe they're uncomfortable, they're ignorant about it. I start off by making jokes, you know, okay. and, 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 and break the ice, they realize, hey, this guy, you can talk to him. And then mm-hmm. talk about religion, talk about ISIS. You know, at the moment, if people see ISIS and think this represents Islam, who wouldn't fear this religion? If I was non-Muslim and I saw watched on TV, these guys in the name of or the so-called Islam do all these things, hell, I'd be, I'd be scared of Muslims. Break <laughs> sure. the ice. Start, to, start with your friend, the guy at the petrol station, you know. And I think the broader, like I said, we, we, you know, we can spend a lot of time on this. We've spoken about, about you know, the, 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 the media. But the other one, is, you know, what Chris was alluding to, in, in the Western Cape, you have this model of, of tolerance and interloving, and, and, and the, the, some of the areas are still, you know, are, are mixed. Um, is let us start having, you know, Christians come and other faiths come to a mosque on a Friday and talk. And the same thing, let us let Muslims mm. start attending churches, mm. start attending shul and synagogues, mm. and starting to talk on a human level about our religions. Sure. You know, maybe this is the place that education needs to take place at. Absolutely. I think uh, it's a wonderful point that have been raised. Gentlemen, I think we've run out of time as well. Uh, Buta Nazim standing on standby behind the control. Okay, so one last thing. Sure, in uh, 30 one seconds last. if possible. 
you know, I did a funeral in in in, in, in Strand, which is a mixed community, mm-hmm. and I allow my brothers to come and say the dudua at the, at the Christ, in the church. Okay, I would challenge tomorrow. I'm meeting with the NJC, and I really challenge how do we do March the Human Rights Month, mm-hmm. and perhaps interact with how do we celebrate Sheikh Yusuf at Makassar and all those things and give a historic perspective of where you are from because you all related whether you're Christian or Muslim in the Cape we're all related absolutely splendid I think wonderful words to conclude our show for us so Dr. Faisal Suleiman uh, Chris Nissen thank you all so much for being part of our show and driving inside thanks Okay. Well, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity uh, once again, and uh, you know, yeah. a, a good evening to Chris and to and, and assalamualaikum to your listeners. Yeah. Wa alaikum assalam, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Go well, stay well. So that is the conclusion of burning issue from myself, Muhammad Sheikh. Keep safe, and hopefully Monday blues uh, are over, so you can get through back through the rest of the week. So keep well, from myself, Muhammad Sheikh. Assalamualaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.